0: Welcome to the Farming On Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming On Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by BackPocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not, and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at lexi at backpocketsocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to Farming on Purpose. I am here with Jada Sharp, who also happens to be my neighbor, and I am so excited to have you on, Jada. Um, We've known each other for a while, I think kind of since we moved to the area, and it's always been fun to learn more about what you guys do. I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn about the new things you guys have going on that I maybe didn't know you were doing. (laughs) Um, so I'm excited to learn more about all you've got going on today. Well, thanks. I'm excited. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks listening? Sure.
1: Um, like she said, I'm Jada Sharp and my husband Lance and I live just a few miles from Lexi. So um, near Laraville, Kansas, and we have um, five kids. Um, ages 5 to 19. So they're kind of spread out. Um, One's in college, one's in public high school, then we homeschool three. And we raise um, hair sheep, fin sheep, dairy goats, and livestock guardian dogs. And we have a few bees and, you know, chickens. Everybody has chickens. So, (laughs) um, yeah, we have a couple little businesses that we've started, and we're just kind of going with it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you guys... How long have you been here near Landerville? How long have you kind of been growing at your location we, now?
1: we moved back 2011 um Lance is from Riley he graduated from Riley and uh, so we moved back because his grandma and mom still live here so okay. we want to be near family
0: Yeah and you both have a lot of history and like I guess your families are both very involved in agriculture but not necessarily in the same way that you guys are with your new businesses tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah um my dad has managed cattle feedlots for i don't know most of my life and so you know we grew up working the feedlot and we did 4-h and we did have a small cow calf herd um and lance his grandpa raised pigs and his dad worked on a racehorse farm so he's been around um and they had cattle too some. So we both grew up around cattle and 4-H animals and horses.
0: Yeah. And you guys still, I guess today, the main way you're kind of involved with family locally is hay and horses. Is that Yeah. Right? You guys do yeah. a lot yeah. of that together. Yep. I always like to tell folks what the family ties are because I think that plays such a huge role in kind of the path we take in ag. So it's yes. always good for people to know. Yeah. That's, everybody. Yeah
1: our families, both of them, it's multiple generations that they've been involved in ag. So it's just, I guess, part of what we have to do. We, we never thought we would, but here we are. So <laughs>
0: yeah, and it looks different for everybody. It's and that's one of the things I like hearing most from people on the podcast is just, you know, like what they're figuring out that works for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So tell me the the sheep was kind of the first new thing that you guys started. Is that right?
1: We actually started with dairy goats when um, Haley and Cody were, they're pretty young. One of their first few years in 4-H, they wanted to show dairy goats. So we got some La Manchas and we actually just lost one of our first ones in the first group this winter. So we've had them for quite a while. Um, And then we started with hair sheep. Haley started that as a 4-H project as well. And we just kind of expanded from there and added on.
0: Yeah. And I know you guys care a lot about the local 4 H program. Was that kind of what motivated you guys to start, or was it more of like an excuse to get started? How did that all play out? It
1: was an excuse to get the animals. Yes. We're very involved in our local 4 H club. Like um, we both, Lance and I both grew up in 4 H, and I think our kids are third or fourth generation in the 4 H club that they're in now. So we've been in oh it a long God. time. Yeah. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. And so you talk, tell us a little bit more about the hair sheep, um, because I feel like that is one that is maybe a little little less common to the area, especially the breed that you guys and Haley got started with.
1: So Haley has um, a Dorper, their black Dorper, white Dorper crosses um, is what she has. She actually got it through a starter flock program through the Kansas Sheep Association is how she started. And so she was up to almost we had about 75 head last year. And when she was going to college, we decided to downsize that because um, I'll be managing, I have all those and then my thin sheep as well. So we downsized her hair sheep flock quite a bit um, in last fall. But right now she's got 25-ish head of sheep and the hair sheep are just for meat. And you don't get wool. They shed out, they get a little bit of wool in the winter to stay warm and then they shed out. So in the spring we will find tufts of wool hair all over the pasture on all the locust trees because they like to scratch on them. (laughs) So yeah, we'll be finding that here pretty soon.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And with those, did she mainly do showing with them or kind of what was that? Um, She
1: she showed her first, a couple of her first Dorpers, they were registered. So she showed them at the fair. Um, Kansas 4-H is not not up to date with that stuff yet like they were a big thing in texas and lance's aunt is an um extension agent in texas and she kind of got haley started in the hair sheet and so she did go show show in texas a little bit um because it's a lot bigger deal down there up here the 4-h judges don't really know what to do with them yet so yeah. they still want the classic club lambs and but i'm sure it'll come it just takes a while i um, can't we're just a little bit farther behind
0: yeah, definitely a regional thing, I think, yes. with the specialty livestock here in Kansas. It is. Definitely. Well, cool. Um, and she decided when she went to college, she wanted to downsize some. Um, I'm sure you appreciated that as the primary yes. caretaker <laughs> of the sheep herd.
1: Yes, um, I did not want to lamb out that many by myself for the first time. Usually, I do lamb, do most of it, but she's usually been here to help in the evenings or on the weekends. And um this year she will not be so <laughs> I didn't want that many by myself the first time
0: yeah. well such a cool thing to grow up and learn through doing with yes. this the lambing out of them what's something you guys have learned from kind of growing the sheep herd from small to I mean 75 that's quite a good size how what have you guys learned from doing that
1: we will, never know <laughs> <There> will, <laughs> we will never know. We will never know. There will always be something there. will Like last year we had pink eye for the first time. We've had sheep for several years and just, I, mean, I don't know. So texted our vet and she it was a very simple solution that I never would have guessed. And, you know, so just things like that, that every year there's something different that I have not planned for, not ready for, <laughs> or the weather will do something. So yeah.
0: Have you guys? Go ahead. Do you have to do much for um, housing for them, or are they pretty self-sufficient out there? They're
1: pretty self-sufficient. The hair sheep um, are really pretty tough. The wool sheep that we have, our fin sheep, are not near as hardy as our hair sheep. So the hair sheep, um, yeah, they're pretty self self self-reliant. They take care of themselves. They don't need a lot of help. We have we do have sheds for them to go into. In the winter but in the summer they're out in the pasture with just some trees for shelter and as long as they have some shade they're good
0: good well that makes it a lot easier especially in kansas when you get so many of the extremes yes they're hardy can take a little better care of themselves so i know because we used to talk about it when I, i used to give when i gave lane piano lessons um we had talked about some of the recipes you were trying out with different of the goat milk lotions Mm -hmm. and soaps. And, um, back then it was really more experimentation, but it's grown a lot since then. Can you tell me kind of what the process of that growing has been?
1: Um, yeah, so I was experimenting and a few people asked to buy some of my soap, um, that I was making with our goat milk and they liked it. So I started a business (laughs) and that went to lotions and, um, So I have goat milk lotion, goat milk soap, and I have a website that I sell it through and then do a few um, vendor events locally. I don't do a lot of vendor events because they take a lot of time. Um, But yeah, so I have several different types and products and different recipes, and I'm still experimenting, though.
0: (laughs) I think it's a continual process with something like that. How many yeah. were you milking kind of back then when you were just experimenting? And then how many have you started to grow milking as you have started producing for other people?
1: Um, only, I was only
0: milking two or
1: three and that provided you know, more than enough for mm-hmm. just our family and the few friends and stuff that got it. Now this year I will have, have nine that I'll be milking. And um, I still have some milk left from last year that I, cause I freeze it all. Mm-hmm. I still have some milk left, but. I split that between what I use to make soap and lotion and then any bummer lambs that might need it. I use it for that as well. So yeah. that's might've been a milk in my freezer.
0: <laughs> I'm sure
1: <laughs> Giant deep freeze that I have it all in.
0: <laughs> oh, man. When you are milking them, that's an everyday thing. How do you, I mean, do, do you store all of that? Are you making that much every day or how's that process look?
1: Yeah. I milk them in the morning. I only milk once a day. So we, we take the kids off at night and then, um, milk first thing in the morning and then put the kids back in with them for the day. And that just works better for me instead of milking twice a day. Um, and then go clean the milk, freeze it and bring it up to our building to put it in the freezer. So it's not my freezer at home. <laughs> and, um, then just kind of use it as I need it. So I do market. So I try to, you know, of course use oldest first versus new but it doesn't as long as it's frozen it doesn't seem to make any difference Mm.
0: what's been the process of figuring out like keeping up with orders and figuring out how much you need to make and how often and because it's I mean soap making is kind of like it's not just a real quick process it takes me a
1: couple hours to make one batch of soap and then it has to sit for a day or one to three days, depending on the recipe, before I can even take it out of the mold and cut it, and then as to sit for four weeks to cure. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's not a quick lotion's pretty quick <laughs> within an hour. I can give you a bottle of lotion, but not soap. And so I try to work ahead on the soap, and I'm my goal this year is to have at least twenty of each bar made i'm not there right now <laughs> so that's what i'm working on this this month is getting enough soap built up so that it's not i don't constantly feel like i have to be making soap i can just try and stay ahead of it
0: yeah the lotion,
1: be- lotion I try, the lotion i try to make um i make like a few bottles at a time i don't want a ton of that just sitting here so i try to make that more as it comes in
0: makes sense i'm sure the soap probably keeps longer too oh yeah the soap will keep for a long time and the lotion
1: um I just, I have some, I have kept a bottle of lotion, trying to see how long it'll last. And it's over a year old and it's still just fine. It doesn't smell bad or anything. So I'm still experiment. you know, we're just going to leave it sit and see how long yeah. it, takes. <laughs> it does have a preservative in it. So it should be fine. But yeah, you know, I, for myself, I'd like to know.
0: So. Yeah. That'll be an interesting experiment to keep watching.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Cool. But I did have to figure out like a system like that's why I did a website trying to track my sales a lot better and um this year I, I was trying to write all my offline sales down on my planner and then I forget to write it down so yeah this year I have an excel spreadsheet to keep track of it all a lot easier on my phone is I happen to remember to go back to my planner and write it down so
0: and it's a lot to keep track of you're also homeschooling three kids yes and doing lots of other farm activities like you mentioned So how are you juggling? What kind of um, systems are you using to keep all of that in order? Keep up with everything.
1: Um, I have three planners. (laughs) (laughs) I have a homeschool planner. I have a life family planner and then a business planner. Um, And my business planner is where I keep track of all my farm like all my lambing, kidding, breeding, everything goes in my farm plan and my business planner, and then like even how much soap I make, how many batches, all that goes in there. Um, and then schooling, we just try and get it done in the morning. Our oldest son that we homeschool is 13. Lane is, so he's pretty self-sufficient. Um, I just tell him what to do, and I grade his math. <laughs> yeah. And then go over whatever we need to. or Lance goes over his math with him, so he's he does pretty well on his own. The other two need a little more guidance especially Kinsey she's only five yeah yeah Colton likes to get distracted and end up outside so (laughs)
0: yeah and is that has that been um hard to figure out with your older two having done public school what's been different for you guys have used as you've kind of done some things differently from kid to kid
1: We love it. Um, We had talked about homeschooling for years and years and the time was just never right. Mm -hmm. And then COVID kind of gave us an easy way out of the public school and we just never sent them back. Um, The older two wanted to go back for sports. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: just trying to figure out it wasn't too much of a leap, I guess, because we knew we'd want it to do it, and I'd already researched it to death. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I knew how I wanted it to look and what I wanted it to do. Um, but the first year, there was some, there was a learning curve trying to figure out how we can all work together, and you know, they're missing their friends and just working through all of that. But mm-hmm. now it's just part of what we do, and they you know in the morning we got to start school and get it done. And the best thing is the flexibility. Like yeah. they're done by noon. And when we start lambing, we'll be done with school. We started early. We won't take a spring break and we'll be done by the end of April so that they can help me with lambing outside. That is <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> just still it's still very educational. They will still learn a lot of science and biology and caretaking and mm-hmm. you know they'll help with the garden. There's just so many ways that you can make it work. And, you know, Kinsey's 30 minutes, 45, and she's done with her kindergarten work for the day. So we just, and she's right there in the middle of everything that we do. We really like the flexibility probably the most.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thinking about like a 30 to 45 minute school day is just like, oh, wow, that goes real quick if that's all you have to get done.
1: Reading, writing, math she doesn't really need much science yet she's outside all the time so she, she sees all that and she'll help with the garden and we talk about it look things up if she has a question and just kind of make school a part of every day
0: yeah very cool that's neat I I don't know how you get it all done and how you <laughs> feel about I mean that's just it's a lot of responsibility and I know like you're a very intelligent person you can do homeschooling and business and home but it's like when I think about that it's just like wow that is so much for you to take on and like knowing how how important it is mm-hmm. education and keeping things up with your business and then like being a mom and in charge of the culture of your home and so much
1: <laughs> like if Lance, was not lance has a flexible job so that is very helpful because like he does all the math i am not a math person so he, he comes home at lunch and goes over math corrections with them and teaches whatever they need done for math um and so I me mean, that is very helpful if i had to do math we'd probably be figuring something different out. <laughs> but yeah it, that my planner has lists and lists and lists of things that i need help remembering so that's how i try and manage it all
0: (laughs) do you feel like you have to do a lot of like research and looking things up in your downtime of like oh my gosh like you said with the lambs like pink eye oh my gosh what is this now we're dealing with something brand new is that for all of your stuff or do you feel like you're kind of like you've got it down I mean you have five kids and you've been through (laughs) this before
1: um I am a Research person, so I tend to research things anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to the kids, I'm fairly confident <laughs> that I can handle it now. Um, but you know, sometimes there is something that you know I'll have to figure out. But with the, it's more of the livestock. Sometimes I'll text my dad or um, text our vet. She's awesome about. Oh, that's something easy. Here you go, and yeah. that's. Once, but there is sometimes, and I do just research and research, like the bees. I read and read and read about bees before I finally mm-hmm. made up my mind that I could handle bees.
0: We haven't <laughs> the same with the bees yet.
1: Yeah, like, and it was the same with the wool sheep. When I decided I wanted wool sheep, I read and read and read about sheep breeds lots. Lance was tired of listening to me talk about sheep breeds <laughs>
0: so,
1: before I finally made up my mind which breed I wanted to get.
0: Yeah, and what was it that made you... Decide on the one you wanted.
1: Um, their wool is was the softest wool Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it didn't make me itch.
0: Well, that's the plus.
1: (laughs) The Club Lamb wool makes me itch really bad, and Mm -hmm. this does not. So
0: that's really unique. Yeah. Hey, it's Lexi here, and I'm interrupting the show to tell you about a new option we have for marketing support for you. I've met so many people the past six months who are looking for DIY marketing support. And while I primarily offer marketing packages and website design in my marketing business, I'm excited to have something just for you DIYers too. So I know you need answers quickly to help you overcome tech challenges and get feedback on your marketing content when you have a spare minute to work on it. And you want to keep growing and learning how to make your marketing work in a way that makes sense for you. Here's what I've got for you. First, you can sign up for a free marketing toolkit, which includes social media post templates, email marketing outlines, video ideas, and a content planner and tracker. And to get tutorials and answers to those pressing questions, sign up for our weekly marketing tutorials for just $10 a month, where we tackle your most frustrating challenges together. Or sign up for the marketing support line where you get direct access via text message to ask all of your tech support and marketing advice questions. It's like having a marketing and tech support person in your back pocket. We solve website issues, social media challenges, and just give feedback on the content you're creating. You can find those options at lexiwrightconsulting.com slash social under marketing support. And then, okay, so tell it, we didn't talk about the bees very much. Tell me a little bit about how you guys are getting started with that and how that's been going.
1: We have, um, well, three hive boxes right now. Only one hive has bees that have survived, um, this winter. So this will be third or fourth year that we've had our own bees. Someone else has kept bees on our property for quite, since, almost since we've lived there, mm-hmm. um, And so I kind of watched and asked her questions. And finally, after a few years, decided that I could probably handle it. She held my hand for the first couple of years. And this last year, she was like, all right, I think you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, we got our first, I think we had two five-gallon buckets, so 10 gallons of honey this year. And so that was exciting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's the most we've ever gotten. And, it sounds like a lot. With thinking about how much that is, but I'm sure it goes quick.
1: <laughs> it does. It goes faster than you think. And you know, I, a lot of our family's using it. And We have some close, um, some friends. I'm trading honey for raw milk for. <laughs> um, so we've used it a lot that way. But we go through a lot of honey, and it had like, it's the bees are just amazing little creatures. They're so interesting.
0: Yeah, I bet. Well, you mentioned like going back to responding to like when things go wrong you text the vet or you know you ask somebody to come train you like with the bees i feel like the when things go wrong on the farm and you already have like so many other irons in the fire is when it gets really stressful of like think because things can happen quick especially with goats i feel like (laughs) yes that's probably
1: what our vet has been to our house the most for is our goats
0: (laughs) where you're like, okay, we have to figure this out right now. And everything else is halt until we turn this around.
1: Yep. Yep. That's one of the reasons we are going to be done um, with our homeschool when we start lambing Mm -hmm. and kidding because it does take your time. And when something goes wrong, I'm not going to stop and do school with you anyway. So we (laughs) might as well get it all done (laughs) so that we can, you know, be ready for that and focus on that.
0: Well, it's really cool. You guys have figured out how to make that work. And I'm sure that, like the kids and that's an unforgettable experience to yeah, it is do lambing like that. Yeah.
1: It's so fun when the kids are out in the barn. And last year we had way too many bottle lambs. <laughs> the kids just, they love feeding them. And Kinsey would be out there for hours playing with the lambs and you know, it's just fun. It's good for them.
0: It is. It is. And it's amazing how much they pick up and learn just from being around it even when you're not like intentionally teaching them i feel like yeah
1: Yeah. like colton this year he's 10 and he's been helping me a lot more since haley's gone and he has there's been at least twice he's came in and been like mom i think something i think this one needs wormed or something's not quite right with this one you need to come check it like wow that he you know the he's not the most observant kid in the world. And so, you know, that he finally is starting to take notice of those things is, it was exciting that he's paying attention and picking up on
0: it. And he's learning something. That (laughs) is really cool. Yeah. I don't know if many 10 year old boys are particularly observant. So that's really cool.
1: He's not at all. So I was pretty pleased the couple times he's came in and he was right. There was something wrong that needed to be taken care of. So
0: it was good. Cool. That's really cool. Well, okay. So that's kind of been all building up to now this year. Tell us a little bit about the newest expansion you've been working on.
1: We bought a building um, that was built in 1909. It's 10,000 square feet. So it's a very large old building. Um, And it had been a restaurant. And so we are renovating it into a venue. March 1st was um, the anniversary date of signing the papers. <laughs> oh my gosh, how did it go that fast? <laughs> Lance is like, and we haven't even got everything done. We want it to. <sighs> so, um, yeah, we're just redoing most of the building. The main floor was pretty good, just needed a lot of paint. And um, now we're working on lighting, putting in new lighting and uh, the floors will be getting redone. That kind of stuff upstairs is just a shell and we're putting in short-term rental space it'll have five bedrooms so oh,
0: wow.
1: yeah cool. be, it's a disaster up there right now it's all framed out but it's a disaster so
0: as all renovation projects are i feel like <laughs> yes.
1: lance and our oldest son cody have done all the work by themselves so far and wow. um my brother-in-law's helped a little bit but it's mostly been lance and cody and the little boys are um lane and colton are just learning little how to do it and they've done a lot of cleanup Yeah, (laughs) except to the dumpster um but yeah it's been a family project and it's given us a new an opportunity to start a new business and i moved all of my 14 hands business stuff other than the animals up to here and so i make all my soap and lotions and store everything and it's not in our house anymore taking over (laughs) (laughs) is a good thing um so yeah that's our newest venture.
0: I'm sure the kitchen space alone makes a huge difference.
1: Yes, it does. And I can have all my trays of soap and I can make as much as I want. There's plenty of space for it to cure. Yeah, <laughs> it's not all over the laundry room and the china hutch and anywhere I can find a spot for it. And yeah, yeah.
0: it's been You're- so much better. <laughs> That's awesome. And you guys have done a few events there. What kind of events do you kind of envision happening there in the future? We will do
1: pretty much anything. We are not here during your event. Um, that's what makes us a little bit unique compared to most of venues in the area where they are there the whole time. We mm-hmm. give you a code to the door and you come in, you do what you want, you take your stuff out and we'll clean up, you know, we'll clean later. Um, but we're hoping to do weddings and we've had some small events here. Uh, we'll have some for, um, graduation parties here this spring and Riley County Farm Bureau had their your celebration here a couple of weeks ago, so just those kinds of things. Um, pretty much anything, we're open to whatever. <laughs> yeah, we cool. just want people to use the space, and we've done some um, community things, and um, we just want it to be a, a good place for the community to come to. That's more affordable and reasonable than some of the other places in the area.
0: Yeah, well, it's so important for a small community like we have in Leonardville to have something like that, a place like that, that they can go to. Yeah.
1: Those and because the building, had set empty for two years before we bought it. Mm-hmm. and It's just so sad to see these old buildings and these little towns sitting empty. And like, I mean, there was stuff that we had to do just because it had been empty and that's yeah. just part of it. And it's no fault of anyone's. It's just part of the building being empty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd save all the old buildings if I could, but I've been told no more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no more.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: It is, I'm so glad that you guys are able to give it new life, though, and preserve the history. Because, I mean, it is a really old building. And thinking mm-hmm. about, like, the number of main streets across America that have old buildings like that that are just not going to ever be used again is sad.
1: Yeah. And it's been so fun, like people's stories that they've told us about remembering when they were little coming in, because it was open as a store until 1970, early 70s, before it closed, it was Sykes store.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was from 1909. And it was 1909 to 1970, something It was psych store. And so many people, you know, their mom worked in the beauty shop upstairs, or they'd come for the army surplus where they bought all their horse tack here and just it's been fun hearing the stories. And I had one lady call me and she was like, I've got all kinds of items I'd like to donate just so that they can be back in Leonardville with the history. Oh, wow. It's just been fun hearing all their memories and trying to get them to write them down, though, so we can preserve them has been a different yeah. story. <laughs> Most of them are like, oh, I don't know about that. It would so, yes, be awesome if you would. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Wow. Well, maybe you'll have to like start transcribing phone calls.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know because it it would. And the local historian has been very helpful. He's gave us a lot of old pictures um, and just different advertising campaigns and stuff from the early 1900s for the store. It's yeah, it's fun. We've enjoyed hearing all the history and just trying. We're just trying to preserve a little bit of it.
0: Yeah. Well, very cool that you guys can use it multi purpose for the rest of the farm business and then also as a venue for the community as well
1: we hope the community likes it
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah well okay i did want to talk about one other thing today before we wrap up and it's more of just like a what's your opinion um because a lot of the stuff that you are interested in and that you guys do on your farm anymore is considered like homesteading or sustainable living and I'm just so curious to hear what other like what you think of that term and if that's how you classify yourselves or how you describe what you do because I know some people like really lean into that and some people are like no that's not what we're doing here (laughs) um we
1: definitely did not start out thinking that and I don't I guess yeah, most people are going to say we're homesteading, but um, we're just doing life the way we want to do life. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to be independent and take care of ourselves um, and take care of our family. And uh, if that means that we're homesteading, then that's what we're, we're doing. Um, but then I do use the hashtag because, you know, everybody that's like the hashtag to use on your farm yes. stuff now. But <laughs> yeah. um, i I don't know. I mean, we're not off grid or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's, we're just trying to take care of our family in the way that we think is best for our family.
0: Yeah, it, you're right. It is so interesting to see how much of a like social media mm-hmm. and online trend it has become. I feel like it's just blown up in the last few years. It
1: is. And if you put in homesteading and Instagram just to search it, all kinds of accounts will come up and They're all so pretty. (laughs) That's what it always is. (laughs) When you've been in the barn for hours and hours and you come in gross, that's not what those homesteading blogs are, you know, that's not what those pages have. So I would say we're more of a farm than a homestead, but to me, it's more, this is how our grandparents were living and how they were raised and. They were pretty self-sufficient, independent people. And we just feel like that's for us right now. That's the best thing that we can do.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your perspective on that. I love to hear what people think about it, because I think like the term homesteading itself has so much history that means completely different than what yeah. we use it as now. Yeah. And then, like you said, like this is how our grandparents did it. And they probably didn't consider themselves homesteaders necessarily it was more like this is how we provide for our family because the things that we have now weren't options yeah then. yeah but it's so interesting it's stuff that like every rural woman probably did not that long ago, fewer yeah. than 50 years ago. And now doing mm-hmm. them is almost like, oh, what are you doing over there on your farm in the middle of nowhere with your homeschooled kids? You know? Like, <laughs> You're know, you a rebel. <laughs> like, it's, <right? laughs>
1: it's just so, yeah, it, it has been so interesting and watching the different um, people that, you know, call themselves homesteaders. And, you know, it, it's been interesting, like what they consider homesteading and what I would consider it are probably two different things.
0: Yeah. Very fun to see. I mean, I enjoy watching all the pretty stuff on Instagram, but also the real life stuff and like the learning of the skills. And Mm -hmm. I mean, so much knowledge required to actually be able to do it successfully. Yeah,
1: And I do think like the people that, you know, leave town and move out to start a homestead, like heads off to them because they got a steep learning curve (laughs) ahead of them. You know, we, we both grew up on a farm and, you know, my mom canned food and my grandma did, you know, so this wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that hard for me to, to do it, you know, mm-hmm. but if you had no experience and you were jumping in, like you're going to have some work ahead of you and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think well, it's a good thing. It's good for everybody.
0: Yeah. Lots of trial by error and yes. yeah. But luckily there are people that are willing to help yes folks learn like you've gotten in touch with the local beekeeper and learned from her and
1: yep yeah exactly. I think that's one of the most like if you're doing a farm or a homestead or whatever you know, finding someone to mentor you is so important mm-hmm. even if it's just an online group where you can go and ask questions just having that support is very important to being successful
0: yeah have there been any skills like that, that you have had to kind of take from scratch that you didn't know as much, like you mentioned with the canning? And I mean, like animal livestock is something you've always been around.
1: The bees were probably the biggest learning curve. Is um, mm-hmm. you know, we raise cattle, sheep aren't that different. And we had 4 eight sheep growing up and stuff. Um, and we had, we raised dairy goats too. So, the bees were probably the biggest thing, just getting brave enough to go yeah. put on suit and go up there and not run away when they're all swarming around you. Um, that's been the biggest learning thing for me, probably.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. And I did remember just now you mentioned the name of your farm, 14 mm-hmm. Hands Ranch. Yes. And we didn't ever explain what that means necessarily. Okay. So I love the story behind it. You'll have to share. Yeah.
1: So it's 14 Hands. Because we have five children, and so there's seven of us, and it takes all four, all fourteen hands of of ours to make everything work. And like, even our daughter, that's in college, she comes home for spring break next week. She's going to help me haul hay home. <laughs> yeah. Everybody will. Everybody has something to do all the time to help out with something. We all have our roles, whether it's hauling hay home or baking the cookies. Somebody's got a role. Someone's got something to do.
0: So yeah. Has everybody really enjoyed finding their role in the family? I'm sure there's always some disagreement about who does what chores and stuff like that. There is. Everybody kind
1: of has their thing that they take care of, and that's always worked best for us. So, like Lane, that has the chickens and ducks. He likes those. He shows them a 4-H. He is the only one that takes care of them. You know, Lane mm-hmm. only, or, and Colton takes care of the dairy goats, and that's just worked best for us. Cody as horses. You know, we just split it up that way, and everybody has something that they do, and then there's no more fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's and not I done, I know, and if it's not done, I know who to blame. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's some real responsibility there. Of mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the thing that you're responsible for. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, is there anything I didn't ask about that you were excited to talk about today?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think I covered most of it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for just being open to sharing and telling other people what you guys are doing. I think it's yeah. fun to learn about how everybody does things and how they got started. And
1: yeah, I appreciate you asking.
0: It's been fun. Well, good. Um, where can people learn more about you and find your products?
1: So our website is 14 hands ranch, the number 14 hands, ranch, You have to have the KS or it will not be the right one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, Instagram is 14 hands KS as well. And then Facebook is 14 hands, Kansas 14 hands, ranch, Kansas Instagram is 14 hands, ranch, KS. And then we just started a YouTube channel and that is 14 hands, ranch KS also on YouTube.
0: Very fun. Are you guys doing vlogs there? We're going to try. We'll see.
1: Um, The business coaching group that I just joined, she strongly encouraged starting a YouTube channel. So um, we're going to give it a try. I figured lambing kidding season is probably the best time to start one. (laughs) We have lots of content. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: um,
1: we'll see. We'll give it a try.
0: Just trying something new. Lots of shots with Kinsey playing with lambs. Yes, can't go wrong. Yes. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> oh
1: yep. my God. All of our Good. products are on 14handsranchks.com on our website. So, Perfect.
0: And you offer shipping?
1: Yes, we do have shipping. If you're local to me, um, I think it's like Riley and Clay County, then we can do local pickup because we're in Manhattan or Clay Center all the time. So we can do local pickup for them. And then the rest of it, the, there is shipping united states only
0: okay <laughs> and jada did give um us a code to use here um 15 off an order of ten dollars or more at 14 hands and you'll need the code farming on purpose all one word Yep. yep. So, thanks so much for sharing that i hope some folks take advantage of that and try give your products a try I hope so too
1: and if they like them i hope they share them so
0: yeah awesome well thank you so much jada for being here today and sharing with us thanks lexi do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com guest If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at at farmingonpurpose on all social media and let us know what topics you want to hear more about.